hesitant to, to, to get it. Our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. and. Um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. Joe Rogan. Yes. I would say you've had it. Yes. To not get one shot of the vaccine. No. Why not? Because I have better immunity than I would if I was vaccinated. We, so right? Yes. Don't I? I think your immunity is really good. So why, if I've already gotten through COVID and I was really only sick for a day, I, and I do have the natural antibodies now, why would I take a chance in getting vaccinated on top of that? By the way, I'm glad you're, you're, you're better. Thank I'm glad you. it only lasted a day. You're probably really the only am. one at CNN that's glad. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The rest of them are all lying about me taking horse medication. <laughs> we should talk about that. That bothered you. It should bother you, too. Calling it a horse dewormer is not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. I would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people? Why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer? I can afford people medicine, motherfucker. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. This is ivermectin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Playtime Takes On the Mockingbird Media. And I uh, hope you're doing well out there. Hope that you're able to rein in on what you can control and uh, try to keep your head on a swivel but not go too crazy with all the madness that is going on in the world. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be taking on a few different uh, news articles and tidbits that are going on in the world currently and uh, kind of blow them to pieces. Maybe, uh, maybe we need a, a, a professional Russian in order to help us do this. Let's break out the long rocket and take out the truck. To my left here is Colby and I'm Jeremiah with the CPT crew. Uh, and, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's, uh, let's jump right in. So we're going to do a little bit of follow-up from our last regular episode, which was Jeremiah's deep dive into Facebook slash LifeLog. And, you know, it probably didn't look like this to everybody. I think we recorded that episode on September 11th, but the day after we released it, they had a big, what, what would you call it? A shutdown? A blackout. Blackout. Or a, an outage. Uh, yeah, servers down, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and all down. We wanted to take credit for that, but only 
I think at that point we only had about 30 views on it. So yeah, probably not us, but you know, why not pretend? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the timing of it was impeccable. I mean, talk about serendipity of us posting an episode all about the origins of Facebook and then Facebook goes down. And then also how serendipitous that that evening, 60 Minutes had a piece on the Facebook whistleblower in air quotes because it's what they did. They, I'm pretty sure they put it in air quotes. Um, so that was all very interesting, the timing of everything. And that brings us into our first story today. A Facebook whistleblower takes her story to Congress today. Former Facebook employee Frances Haugen says the company prioritized profit over safety. She left the company with documents like a study of how staring at Instagram affects the body image of some girls and memos about the company's approach to political misinformation. Facebook is pushing back. Company Vice President Monica Bickert told NPR that the documents do not tell the full story of the company's efforts. The documents that were taken by this employee and the way that they're being portrayed, it just is not an accurate representation of the work that this company does every day to ensure safety on our sites. We're going to get into this with Wall Street Journal reporter Jeff Horowitz. He's been covering all this very closely. Also a note, Facebook is an NPR sponsor, but we cover them like any other company. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. All right, so this hearing that Haugen is testifying at today is called Protecting Kids Online. So this is the focus. What did the internal documents show about how teens are using Facebook and Instagram? So there were quite a few of those documents, and what those documents showed is that Facebook's own internal research um, was very clear that Instagram was potentially disastrously bad for the mental health of vulnerable teenage users, in particular teenage girls. And so on body image in particular uh, for girls, the company found that its own product was actually worse than other social media. Um, it was tended to send people in a very bad direction. And this was from the company itself came to this conclusion uh, and then and then what they do with that research well they didn't do much with it publicly uh, they said that their product had only small effects and that the research w was very unclear even though internally they were kind of singing a very different tune um, and they tried to hide likes that was something that this was a good faith effort to try to reduce the social pressure people felt. Explain that just with one more beat, Jeff. Hide the likes. Yeah, exactly. So on Instagram, uh, users post photos of themselves with text and you know you can kind of measure popularity by how many likes uh, right. each post gets. And so the idea is that, that the hope was at least that if they took away some signifier of popularity, that perhaps that would de-stress the whole experience. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. And so I think the place where the company has found itself in is that it actually doesn't have any solutions other than significantly restricting some core features of the product. And obviously it doesn't like that prospect much at all. How else is the company defending itself from allegations of exacerbating social divisions, like using these algorithms that exploit and make worse these divides in our culture? Uh, the company isn't directly denying uh, the mechanics that we've described in the journal and that um, uh, Ms. Haugen has, is describing in her testimony. I think, you know, the, the interesting thing about that quote you read at the beginning is that, uh, from Monica Bickert, is that it says it misrepresents the work not that they're doing, not necessarily that it misrepresents the findings of Facebook's own research. Um, we've seen Facebook, uh, you know, have to 
navigate big controversies like this before. Is this different? Um, I think something that is pretty remarkable about Ms. Haugen is that she did as thorough of a job documenting what's inside the company. And so, you know, while there have been many controversies around Facebook, whether it's, um, you know, perhaps good for mental health, whether it uh, makes people angry, this is someone who has brought forth Facebook's own understanding of itself, and it's mm. pretty grim. Jeff Horwitz with The Wall Street Journal. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like there was nothing new in there. I mean, all those studies have been done before. This is nothing new. I just find the juxtaposition of the information that you laid out in episode 10 that that shit is way more of a reason to get rid of your Facebook than the stuff they're talking about. I mean, what, a thing they keep saying is protect the kids. Mm. They use that, they roll out that old trope whenever it suits their narrative because they don't really give a fuck about kids when it comes to other things such as COVID vaccines or uh, it's all about the teachers and the risk that the students pose to the teachers. And look at the f sex trafficking that goes on. NPR itself has done a number on trying to sweep that shit under the rug, probably because their number one sponsor is the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. I do say Melinda and Bill on purpose. Oh, I mean, that's what the foundation is still called, right? It's called Bill and Melinda Gates, but oh. she's running it. Oh. So anyway, I, what do you think about that? Like, is it Facebook's responsibility to make sure that teenage girls have a positive view on their body image? I think that it's the parents' responsibility to dictate what kids are doing in their household. How about it's the parents' responsibility to f take the fucking shit from them? Yeah, it's I mean... making them sad or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is an interesting one because it's all photos. Everybody always posts like the best photo out of a hundred they take. They filter it up. They Photoshop it. You know, it's like a little snapshot making it look like their life is so good. Um, but all social media is pretty harmful in the way that it's only the highlights of everybody's lives. And it's not, you're not having a real discussion. Everything is very short and to the point and usually uh, divisive. Um, it's really easy to get people triggered and to have controversy escalate. Um, and I don't think anything that a company could do would change that because these platforms just let us go into a almost a reptilian part of our brain comparing, contrasting, saying, oh, am I higher on the hierarchy than they are? Are they lower than me? Where am I fitting in into my class and society? I think that you just got to delete social media. I know it's not going to be, it wouldn't be easy for a parent to tell a teenager, you can't have any apps or you can't have a, I mean, most parents are going to want their kids to have a phone. Sure, get them a flip phone or get them like a, a dumbed down phone or you can even restrict what apps How are downloaded. How about a pager? There you go. Remember those things? I, I used to want one just for fun. Just I mean, it, it makes every fucking kid who smokes pot feel like a drug dealer. I'm getting a page. Uh, Gotta go call my boy. Uh, well, let's, let's switch it up here and talk more about the whistleblowing angle of this because you know how I feel about whistleblowers. The only true whistleblowers are the ones that are fucking chastised and thrown to the wolves and put in prison or killed even. Yeah. It, I mean, in my opinion, 
the convenient timing of this, she's a plant. There's no doubt in my mind that, what's her name, Frances Haugen? Yeah. When they got rid of civic integrity, it was the moment where I was like, I don't trust that they're willing to actually invest what needs to be invested to keep Facebook from being dangerous. So my, my, my team got reorganized. How are six or seven people supposed to fight China spying on people in Taiwan or Uyghurs all around the world. We literally had to sit there and make a list and be like, who will we actually protect? Moral bankruptcy is an opportunity for Mark, for Facebook, to come in and say, we completely messed up. Some of it's our fault, some of it's not our fault, but we have gone in so far over our heads that we need a reset. It almost reminds me of the way the media is coddling her. Some fucking kind of cute blonde white chick blowing the whistle on body image and how horrible Facebook is. And hey, like we, we're going to just repeat this ad nauseum. We're no fans of Facebook, but no. for the reason that they are being scrutinized right now, it's the wrong reason. I think it's hilarious when they're like, how dare this company put profits first? And it's like, well, that's the whole point of a business is to have profits and to pay your employees and your shareholders. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, go to move to China. <laughs> with the rest of the commies. Uh, and with that, uh, make a better product then. there, There's room for something different to enter. How about Assbook? Assbook. I would, I would be a member well, of Well, okay, like, like Parler. Parler found a, a, a distinction to something that Twitter was not offering and they have an audience, and I think that there's room for something like that. Now, I don't think that, the thing is, I think a lot of the the users of specifically Instagram and WhatsApp are younger age demographics who shouldn't have smartphones. I think we're gonna s decide that smartphones are like cigarettes in the future, <laughs> um, and that we shouldn't be giving kids access to these things at such a young age. Um, because of the effects that it has on the dop dopamine receptors and just having that anticipation of just constantly wanting uh, that next hit of dopamine, that next novelty uh, is really dangerous and uh, detrimental to us becoming more self-reliant. But you mentioned Parler. Yeah. And I think the moral of the story there is if you do offer up something that competes with these fucking massive monopolized uh, tech companies, what treatment did they get? They oh, got wiped gonna, off Amazon. Stores. Totally. You're going to have a hard time. It's not going to be easy for sure. So yeah, I do agree with you. If the if the market was free and open and fair, that the answer to competing with Facebook would be to do something better. But there's got to be some changes in how accessible the internet is. Are Zuckerberg and Bezos in bed together? Because all of a sudden... And I, you were saying it was a competitor of Twitter. I'm not even sure about Parler. I just remember when they did get taken down. I've I've been on Parler before, and it is it feels a lot like Twitter. And I think the idea was a lot of people were getting shut down out of Twitter. And maybe you could say it's a little bit like Facebook. Also, I think Facebook's going the way of the dodo, and they're basically just trying to like hold on to as much as they can with Instagram and WhatsApp, and they'll probably buy another app soon. I think that there is room for other ones like Snapchat is a alternative to Instagram that gained quite a bit of popularity. And one thing that is interesting about Snapchat is if you're not familiar with it, you send video messages 
or you can like post a video message to like your page kind of and then it expires in 24 hours so the one thing is is that with snapchat there was less filters it was more like this is what's happening right now now there's a lot of other things going on in snapchat but just that aspect of not permanent not perfect was kind of nice um as a big contrast from instagram where it was like the perfect picture that lasts forever that you think people are going to judge and how many likes are you going to get uh i don't know the whole thing is really fucked up i'd really like to interview uh jaron leonard i can't remember his name now he's uh got a few books about why you should delete all your social media apps and he was the guy who invented vr and then this big dreaded haired dude he plays a whole bunch of different musical instruments this guy he i mean he he helped create the internet of what it is today i mean he was on the front line he created a vr company and sold it to microsoft and he's out there saying you need to delete your social media account it is ruining society it's detrimental and he doesn't have any social media if you want to contact him you can contact him by email isn't there a vr thing that works with facebook uh that facebook owns oculus Oculus. oh they own it yeah they own oculus so that's going to be something to keep an eye out on because if they own and control that i mean god i can only imagine the more data that they would have on people and uh if if that becomes more popular like something of uh Ready Player One or something like that where it becomes ubiquitous. I mean, imagine if the whole shutdown that happened last year happened at the time of VR where it was like actually in everybody's house and would we have kids going to school in VR glasses? That would be scary. I mean, dude, we're a step away from it. We're pretty dang close, no doubt. But, uh, you know, maybe that's something to keep an eye out for. Stay vigilant out there for that. So I, I did just see uh, the Epoch Times has a, an article called uh, Facebook will try to, quote, nudge teens away from harmful content. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to say you're going to nudge a teen. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised that they're openly saying that. Well, and also uh, anybody who anybody who's ever been a teenager, which is anybody who is over the age of well, 13. I've, I looked at the analytics and our youngest listeners are 23. I don't okay. know about the viewers, well, but... So you've all been a teenager before, and do you know what happens when somebody tries to nudge you in a certain direction? You nudge yourself far into the other direction. You're like, oh, you want me to not do that? I'm going to do that times 100. So what about reverse-reverse psychology? Oh, yeah, there tell, you go. Tell your kids to do the thing that you want them to do. I don't know. So uh, Facebook executives on Sunday said that the company would introduce new measures on its apps to prompt teens away from harmful content as lawmakers scrutinize how Facebook and subsidiaries like Instagram affect young people's mental health. So this is along the same narrative. Yes, today. Um, And then the Nick Klieg, Facebook's vice president of global affairs, also expressed openness to the idea of letting regulators have access to Facebook algorithms that are used to amplify content. Okay, hold on. We're going to let regulators have access to these Facebook algorithms. Do you know how difficult it is going to be to understand what the hell these algorithms are doing with all of the data that's being inputted into them? How are you going to be like, oh yeah, here's our algorithm. It's 300 lines of code and good luck figuring out what it actually does. Who are the regulators? That's what I was curious well, about. Well, I, I do think that the whole reason for this whistleblower thing and 
in other NPR stories, they have hinted at the answer for this is federal government regulating social right. media. Right. And that might be this bitch's whole purpose. It could be. Um, so, and then somewhere it says, uh, the algorithms, quote, should be held to account if necessary by regulation so that people can match what our systems say they're supposed to do from what actually happens, Clegg told CNN State of the Union. So this was actually the freaking vice president of, of global affairs, Facebook, saying this. They're welcoming it. Yes. If necessary, by regulation. If necessary. Should be held to the account fuck does if that necessary. Mean? If, if something else happens with them. So then... Well, like what? Some girl cries because somebody disliked her p- bikini picture? Is that when it becomes necessary? Uh, we Here's another quote. We were going to introduce something which I think will make a considerable difference, which is where our systems see that the teenager is looking at the same content over and over again, and it's content which may not be conductive to their well-being. We will nudge them to look at other content. I, qu- I wish they would use a different word. Um, oh, and then in addition, we're introducing something called, quote, take a break, where we'll be prompting teams, teens to just simply take a break from using Instagram. How do they prompt that? So uh, TikTok does this, something like this. If you've been scrolling on TikTok for a while, there'll be like a TikTok promoted video that's like, hey, we know you're enjoying TikTok, but maybe you should go do something else for a little while. Did you imagine like a crack dealer saying that? <laughs> Because that's essentially what this is. I it's know. a dopamine f- addiction. It and is. And then your, your fucking pusher steps in and, and says, why don't you just take a little break, man? You look a little strung out. You know, we want to make sure that we can make money for years to come. So why don't you just take a breather right now? Um, okay, last thing I want to say. There's a little bit longer of an article. Let me go down to the bottom where it says here, um, Clegg noted that Facebook had recently put on hold its plans for developing Instagram kids aimed at pre-teens and was introducing new optional controls for adults to supervise teens. I remember hearing about this. That sounds dangerous. Well, why the fuck are they even promoting this for pre-teens? Like, how young do you need to be to use Instagram? That's ridiculous. I I thought when I started, I thought it was like 14 at least. I remember at one point, though, I thought it was like 16. How are you going to be able to like regulate that? You know, like all they have to do is check a box or like put in a false birthday. Yeah, it was like the old days where you were watching a movie streaming and they would ask you to put in your birthday to make sure you could watch a rated R movie. Yeah. Doesn't like a genius to figure that one out. Anybody with a calendar. Yeah. Um, or you just scroll to the oldest date and make yourself like 108 years old. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't know what the answer is here, but uh, certainly not government regulation. I mean, they want control of everything at this point, and it sounds like Facebook's willing, if necessary, to just give it to them. They've probably oh, had some threats. And let's just, let's just think about this. Not only is Facebook in the United States, but it's also global. Right. So who's so, going to regulate it over in fucking Beijing? Or like... Hey, do they have Facebook in China? Uh, no. It's not one of the six approved it's government not, websites no. or whatever the fuck that is? They use WhatsApp in China. Oh, that you were saying that's like their sole way of communication. Yeah, so, so they're Facebook, still using a Facebook-owned yep, product. Yep, but I think all the servers are over there. But yeah, that brings into question of like, there's a bunch of countries where they're given free, quote-unquote, free internet because it's all through Facebook's portal, Facebook's. Right. And that could, go, that could be an episode where I go through that whole deep dive because it's pretty fucked up what they're doing there as far as making it so that that's the only option and you pretty much are 
releasing all your data to Facebook in that sense. So does the government get to control all of that stuff too? I mean, how do you separate that? I don't know. But I'm tired of talking about Facebook now. So what do you, you want to move on to something you've got? <laughs> Fauci says outdoor trick-or-treating is safe this year. You can get out there. And how, okay, here's quote. I think, I think particularly that, hang on. Let me get into this here. Got to get your uh, little Brooklyn accent. I think that particularly if you are vaccinated, but you can get out there. You're outdoors for the most part, at least when my children were out there doing trick-or-treating. And I enjoy it. I mean, this is a time that children love. If you're not vaccinated, again, think about it. That you'll add an extra degree of protection to yourself and to your children and your family for your community. So it's a good time to reflect on why it's important to get vaccinated. But go out there and enjoy Halloween as well as the other holidays that will be coming up. That kind of hurt. <laughs> Do you know what the scariest part of that story is? <laughs> What's that? Fauci has kids. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard him say he has kids before. I'm kind At of least when my children <laughs> are out there doing trick-or-treating. It reminds me of that. Tim Dillon did a little skit where he's figuring out the best ways to fucking vaccinate people. I'm going to take my mask down, but don't tell anybody. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is extremely grateful that you and your household has decided to participate in our trial. Halloween is our favorite holiday. There are so many little lab rats running around. We are excited to present children with the greatest Halloween candy of all, survival. That's right, we've got the juice, baby. We've worked long and hard, several weeks, on this experimental vaccine, and we are super excited about it. Now you're saying, Maybe the children get a little nervous. Kids don't like needles. Well, that's true. Just like there are tricks to get children to eat their vegetables, there are tricks to get them to be responsible citizens. I'm gonna show you one right now. So look at this. It's a bowl of candy. Is it? Or is it the end of COVID? That's right, kids. Just put your little paws in there and grab all you can. Bill and Melinda are so excited about the future that they couldn't be here today. They're in an undisclosed location preparing to go to space. But they have left you in good hands. Here at the Gates Foundation, we realize that some of you are so excited about the future, we're gonna have to put you in restraints. But we'll do that for you. Oh man. Well, do you hear that? American children, Fauci says it's okay to go trick-or-treating this year. We'll see about next year, though. Yeah. Cliffhanger. I can't believe he still hasn't gone away. He's not going to go away. I'm, I'm tired. I'm honestly tired of people saying, he's like how herpes. is he still there? I mean, come on, Jesus Christ. How long has he fucking been in the government? I mean, he was scouting out gay bathhouses and shit in the fucking 80s to f- figure out a way to stop AIDS from spreading. He, there were people talking about having AIDS quarantine camps and shit. I mean, he's... He hasn't changed his tune whatsoever. No. Jeremiah and I both kind of want to give a shout out to this publication, Epoch Times. Uh, we're subscribed to them, and I just find their articles to be very delightful. And this next story also came from them. 
latest example of someone facing severe consequences after refusing to get vaccinated for COVID. A woman needing a kidney transplant says she has been removed from the recipient list at UC Health. The hospital says all transplant patients have to be vaccinated. CBS4's Tori Mason following the story. Tori, you had a chance to talk with the woman and her friend who's willing to donate a kidney. Yes, Jim, and UC Health says in almost all situations, both parties of an organ transplant must be vaccinated. The woman I spoke with today says she was on track to get her kidney by the end of the year. Then this policy took place. My kidneys took a dive and I ended up in stage five. The average wait for a kidney is time Leilani Lutali doesn't have. A friend she met just 10 months ago is willing to save her life. She's essentially packed her suitcase with my kidney and showing up at the hospital. Jamie yeah. Fogner didn't get the vaccine for yeah. religious reasons. Leilani hasn't either because she's already had the virus and isn't sure how the shot would affect her health. But neither woman thought they needed it. At the end of August, um, basically, they confirmed that there was nothing in place. There was no COVID shot that was needed at that time. They were shocked to receive this letter from UC Health saying they are non-compliant by not receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. Now it's get the vaccine or don't get the transplant. Her life has now been held hostage because of this, this mandate. UC Health recently made the policy for enhanced safety. The COVID mortality rate in transplant patients ranges from 20% to more than 30%. And then I said, well, I'll sign a medical waiver. Um, I have to sign a medical waiver anyways for over the whole transplant itself. Now they're looking at other hospitals. UC Health won't budge. Can I sit here and allow them to murder my friend when I've got a perfectly good kidney and can save her life? The women tell me they have not been able to find a hospital in Colorado that will perform the transplant while they're unvaccinated. Now they're looking into other states. We're live in Aurora, Tori Mason covering Colorado first. I'd go to a different country. I don't know. You know, one thing right off the bat that I like about that video is the first time that we've been looking at these kind of things. It's almost like the reporters are fucking they kind of just sympathetic. Yeah, well, and they kind of just... They actually did what they're supposed to do, which is just show the story. Yeah, they were kind of objective, the people in the newsroom, but the the Tory lady, you could tell that she was all teary-eyed and shit when she was, like, she's definitely invested in these two people's lives, and she's upset by this. You can see visually that she's not liking this shit. Just a quick little side note, uh, I've seen this pop up a couple times now. I, th I think Iceland's not the only country. But Iceland is stopping the use of the Moderna vaccine over heart inflammation risk. Um, and I don't think that Iceland is the only country. I think I saw another country on the list as well. Well, we did. This is another CPT prediction that they're trying to phase out Moderna and just get Pfizer to be the number one. Yeah. I mean, how many, you know, Pfizer makes Viagra? Right. Before Blue Chew came along, you didn't see a lot of other companies making boner pills. So Pfizer's probably going to be what. Oh, and you know, Comirnaty. Yeah. Since they're interchangeable. Right. Legally, but not medically, or is that vice versa? I medically, but not legally. Yeah. One of them is approved for emergency authorization, and the other one is approved and for... And isn't even available in the U.S. I don't think you can get it yet. You I can't. It's over in the U.K., but not here. Oh, okay. So, I just think it's sad, you know, like... Who the fuck knows this lady's sick and she needs a kidney transplant that the vaccine wouldn't just kill her? I oh, mean, yeah. Who knows? 
They don't know that. Right, especially because your kidneys are a filtration. What I would encourage people to think about right now is, you know, seeing somebody like that is, uh, it makes me think about, okay, well, what's this lady doing that could help her kidneys? Because there are, you know, there's certainly the aspect of uh, your genetics can play a part, um, but your environment and what you put into your body can play a large part also. And I think it's more important than ever before to take care of your own health so that you are not subject to a situation like that where you're held to doing things their way because you're given no other option. Um, whereas if this woman may have been able to get ahead of something and to have a clean, healthy body internally, uh, you know, clean gut, clean microbes, uh, eating good, whole, fresh fruits and vegetables, not eating uh, jack-in-the-box or GMO-laden pesticide-laden boxed food full of all sorts of preservatives and garbage. Or mRNA lettuce. Oh, yeah, there you go. Right now is the time that we need to be taking care of our own health and uh, be responsible for our bodies. That sounds like some serious hardcore fucking misinformation to me, and I don't think that it's going to be taken lightly when we post this video. It might not be. You know, take responsibility for your own health, goddammit. Do your own research. But (laughs) this reminds me of something that just kind of happened. Uh... YouTube has officially announced that they will flat out censor anything that goes against positive coverage of the vaccines. Yeah. So we're going to be posting these while we can. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're not big enough right now. I think we'll be able to fly under yeah, the radar. Yeah, we'll fly on the radar for a little bit anyways. As long as we don't show Martin Brandt's lawyer, they might leave us alone. What's next? You tell me. Well, I have one, if you don't have anything right now, that kind of yeah, ties into making your own health choices. And I think we all were happy to see Governor Cuomo hop on the ferry of Outsville, but his replacement, she scares the shit out of me. I've never seen a Democrat use the fucking fire and brimstone mentality when it comes to like making threats. And this sounds like George W. Bush or Jerry Falwell, even like one of these uh, televangelists, but This is the new governor of the state of New York, and I'm not a fan. We have to get this community back. And what we went through this pandemic made us stronger. I believe that, especially as I talk to young people who weren't able to have their graduations from high school or a normal life for the last 18 months. I say to them, whatever comes your way in life, you are stronger, you are more resilient. God let you survive this pandemic because he wants you to do great things someday. He lets you live through this when so many other people did not. And that is also your responsibility. But how do we keep more people alive? We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, Mm. but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must... Say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? 
but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get, fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to, fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a denier, I will take you on any date because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my watch. And that is my commitment to you. Just a real quick tidbit here because we're talking about vaccinated, unvaccinated. So in our local hospital, our local Asante Hospital in Medford, Oregon, uh, in the last 90 days, there has been 172 deaths attributed with COVID-19, 87% unvaccinated and 13% vaccinated. But the part that they don't give you the percentage on, but you can look if you look a little bit harder, is that a very large portion of those are patients 65 and older. Um, and then this is what's kind of frustrating to me is that they put the other age group 18 to 64. That seems like too wildly huge. It, we should have a an 18 to 40 at least. What, I mean, what was it? Say that again. The age group is what? 18 to 64. You will not see that anywhere else in the fucking world where that demographic is that wide. Yeah, it's huge. And that's, I mean, if you look at these numbers, uh, you they just show like a picture, you know, or like a, a symbol for each person. Um, and the percentage of that is 65 and older. It's well over 70%. Um, so, you know, the fact that you get vaccinated does not change the fact of whether or not you're going to go get COVID, die from COVID. And what they're not telling you here is, um, you know, another thing we're just talking about with health is how many of these people are overweight or have pre-existing medical conditions, uh, have diabetes or heart disease, or have a, a myriad of other health ailments already afflicting them. And that's not going to get talked about, but that's a large portion of the situation. So God damn it, take care of yourself. I don't think Governor Kathy Hochul, Hochul, I don't know how you say her name, would feel about you saying God damn it. She is Jesus, you know. Did you hear her say? You know, Jesus tells us to uh, take care of ourselves. Well, she is Jesus, and she's telling us the way that she says, go be my apostles. Who has apostles? It's not fucking just your random Yahoo on the street. It's Jesus. I don't know what to think of this lady. That's, I was pretty blown away by it. it did sound like it was very much a Christian, Republican. I expect that shit from those fucks. Yeah, because I mean, especially with the uh, the kind of the narrative that the Democratic Party is using is very much a... Evangelical... Well, and like a God, you know, they're not really bring God up that much right now. It's very much like non-religious... I'm trying to think of, I mean, does Biden say, I think he says, God bless America oh, he a lot. Sa- he yeah. says almost every fucking speech he has, he ends with God bless our troops, even when he's not talking about anything that has to do with the troops. Is this like that's programmed him? God bless some troops. Come on, man. <laughs> Since we're talking about Biden, I think that I have not made it a secret 
on this podcast, and I'll say it again. Joe Rogan has kind of become a disappointment to me, but lately he's been kind of on the hot seat for several different reasons, and this most recent one, you know who the Young Turks are? Yeah. Okay, so Chank Uger, talk about a fucking should-have-been-aborted fetus if we're going to get back into Texas law. Dude, the fucking Democrats have put, rep, or, uh, presented a bill where you could get a fucking abortion the day before the kid's born if one healthcare provider says that the, the birth is a threat to the mother's mental health. Wait, say that again? All you need is one healthcare provider to say that giving birth is a threat to the, the mother's mental health. And I don't know how far this bill is going to go. I almost think this is just like extreme reaction to the extreme things that Texas is trying to do. That's really off the topic. I don't want to cover that today, but I just thought that's worth note that like, God damn, <laughs> one extreme to the next. They want to outlaw abortion and Democrats basically want to make it legal to kill a kid right before it comes out of the JJ. So Chank Uger, the Young Turks, Wildly popular podcaster and mixed master art specialist, master Jank Uger, Joe Rogan, <laughs> he took to the air to please some of his uh, conspiracy theory-loving audience uh, with another new assumption about things that were going on with uh, Joe Biden and that COVID booster shot that he received earlier this week. We are healthy. We're doing more than every other nation in the world combined. We're going to have well over a billion, 100 million shots, and we're going to continue going. We're going to do our part. We've also given a great deal of funding to COVAX, which is the vehicle that does this. So we have plenty, plenty of opportunity to make sure we get everyone in the world to play our part, the largest part in the world, of getting everyone vaccinated. He wants to take the shot. I get it in front of the cameras to let everyone know, hey, I'm doing it. I wouldn't be risking my life uh, in implanting chips that Bill Gates directed me to implant <laughs> in my body. You know, if you guys didn't. Um, first off, just that spectacle itself, is that worth it to do? Yeah, so we're gonna get to Joe Rogan's yeah. conspiracy yeah. on this. Uh, but uh, I, I know why he did it, and I'm, and I'm actually furious about it as a progressive, because I thought he was for gun control, and there he is, flaunting <laughs> yeah. his guns. You know? Just like Joe. You know, <laughs> you had it too, huh? And maybe this is what intimidated Joe Rogan. And he was like, oh, damn, hold on, wait, this guy might beat me in a fight. <laughs> it, in all seriousness, my comment on this is I think it's good. This is, if more people see it, and this makes it feel like, well, if the president's doing it, it must be safe. Yeah, I guess I see the reason for it. It's just, man, we're children, we have to see the president take a shot in order that people feel comfortable with it. I yeah, mean, come on, bro. Yeah. This is weird. But, anyway. but JR, I just say one last quick thing on that. Um, it, because it's all about percentages, right? So you and I don't need it. We're going to get the shot either way. But there is some percentage of people who don't believe it. And then they go, oh, well, I just saw him take it. They ain't going to give it to the president if it's dangerous. Okay, I'll, if they're going for that sliver of the population who will be convinced by that, yeah. and that does exist. So uh, Joe Rogan and he had he had a, a guest, a Mike Baker, on as well, and they discussed this, but they weren't talking about whether or not it's helpful to do this. They found another angle to speak on this. On let's listen to that. Do you think yeah, he got a booster? Do you uh, think that was a real booster? You mentioned that before before we started talking, and, and I hadn't thought about it before. But you know what? I when I watched it. On TV, when I watched the you know him getting his shot, his his 
mask on. I, all I could think of was this is performance art. I so think, the I next step of performance art would be like not giving them the booster, but just giving them a shot. Right? I so. think if they were going to give them a booster shot, the last thing they would do is give it to him live on television. Mm. What if he dies? Right, right. What if he blacks out? What if he like gets it and faints? Like because people have had very bad reactions, like in the moment for whatever reason. Right. Right. No, they well, they still. I think they still tell you. You know, they give you the shot, and then they'll say, "Stick around for ten or fifteen minutes. They yeah. want to make sure you don't, you know, fall down." Yeah. And so, uh, no, I I agree because every other step of the way with any president, they're so careful. Yes. Right? So careful about the messaging, the optics, the the security issues related to it. Um, it would be. Not unheard of. Unless Let's put Kamala it that way. Harris yeah. talked him into it. Oh. She's like, go ahead, take it. Take <laughs> a double. Give him a double. Okay, so now that, I mean, obviously that's a joke near the end, but it's still, sometimes jokes, they're based on the fact that people believe some of this stuff. So, yeah, I feel like this. there's this veneer where you can say, hey, well, check it out. We're just joking about this. I don't really believe that. I mean, he's the fake shot. Kamala Harris said he's gonna he should take it so that she could take over when he blacks out. Because when you mix in little elements of, of jokes or even things like, hey, some people do have adverse reactions to specifically the second uh, uh, vaccine shot. And you're like, we don't want the president to have any kind of adverse effects on air because that might discourage people. So there's elements of, of reality to the discussion, but it's continuing to press this whole, it's a fake, it's not really that, that vial is full of air, which would be horrible. So it's, these are things that people said all the time, even when the first times they did this, because this isn't the first time that Biden did this. Yeah, so look, are there photo ops in politics? Of course, there's a lot of things that are fake in politics. And do politicians do things for optics? Yes, right? So the, that idea is not outrageous. The problem is the underlying implication because then he, then he talks about like, some people have very bad reactions. I'm like, no, so a lot of folks get a, a really sore arm over the next 24 hours. Some people get a little sick and, and then they're, they're fine. Um, they make you wait the 15 minutes, and I was like, I've never seen someone have an immediate terrible reaction. But they do make you wait, so I thought maybe, right? Mm -hmm. So I looked it up. No, the doctors say it is extremely rare when for something to happen on the spot, mm -hmm. right? He gets the shot and he's like, wow, stick to the drugs. So that's not a real risk. <laughs> so that, hence, you don't have to do the optics of doing a fake booster shot. What fake thing should we put in there? Oh my right. God, don't put air, that'll be way worse, <laughs> right? It, so very, very, very likely he actually got the real booster shot. But as he... As he's talking about it, it makes it sound like, oh, they wouldn't do that on air because it's so dangerous. And then he jokes around about how Kamala Harris wants him to get a double. Mm -hmm. Now, what would be wrong with a double unless it's really dangerous? And that's the essence of the joke, which is, haha, these these vaccinations are uh, could actually harm you in a significant way. Yeah. When in reality, they're trying to protect you from harm. And that's the main underlying problem with Joe Rogan. He's now trying to fill Alex Jones seat, I guess, and is become a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. And everything about the vaccine is a conspiracy, the man, the government, etc. is cut out to get you. And if you're really strong and manly, and that's why I've you know uh, talked online about us getting into a fight, we'll get into that in a second, okay. But but and my implication there is they've made this into a stupid macho thing. Oh yeah, real men don't get the vaccine and if you do, it's super dangerous. <laughs> and that's just not true, it's totally nonsense. And, he, and he's lying to his audience, not lying, I think he actually believes it. 
Uh, but he's spreading misinformation, and, and that's why part of the reason I'm trying to regulate. Uh, Adrian, your thoughts? No, I completely and totally agree with you. So, Jimmy Dore, I'm a huge fan of his. He fucking kind of dissects this video better than most. He used to work for the Young Turks. I know what it's like to need attention, but Cenk Uger is taking it to another level, ladies and gentlemen. Cenk Uger, who doesn't have a fucking honest principle in his body, who will sell out anything for $24 million. He says to all the loser Joe Rogan fans crying over my attack on his freedom hypocrisy and stupidity, are you guys part of the crew or do you kiss his ass for fun? I thought he was a big boy who could handle himself. If he doesn't like my speech, he can grow a pair and defend himself. So what he's talking about so is he he's is attacking to Joe Rogan. Rogan. He's not Joe attacking Rogan his fans. Right. Because he's busy doing his I mean, he's attacking downloads of money. <laughs> and Jen Uger is screaming for someone to acknowledge him. Well, here it is. Here's Jen Uger with his 500,000 subscribers. And here's Joe Rogan with his 7.5 million subscribers. So you see the difference, right? And Mr. M says, I'll make a $1,000 donation to your trash network or your charity of choice to see you call Rogan, who is not only the most successful podcast in history, but also a black belt in mixed martial arts. Call him a loser to his face, Jen. Right? So, so what Jen says is, deal. Easiest thousand dollars I ever made. You think he's going to assault me? Sure, whatever. That's incredibly dumb. But also, it won't work. I'm much larger than Joe, and I fought my whole life. I'd end him. But grown ups don't do that. I'll send you the P.O. box for it. Grown ups don't fight, but I'd totally kick his ass because I'm a grown up. <laughs> I can, so Tim Dillon says, I can beat both Jake and Rogan because I would give them Havana Syndrome with a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Little throwback to episode six. Yeah. Primo Operation Pandora. says, I'll make a $5,000 donation if you sit down with me for an hour-long interview about how Jeffrey Katzenberg's money has influenced TYT reporting. Yeah, that's the guy that gave me TYT. Anyone who brings up the size as a reason as to why they would win a fight, doesn't know how to fight and would get embarrassed in the situation. Because here's Joe Rogan. Here we go. black belt. Jake Uger needs two belts. <laughs> I hope you got something else for us because we need to get that taste out of our mouth. Joe Rogan is Alex Jones now. I find that quite humorous since, mm -hmm. uh, since he Alex refused Jones. to even have him on his show at a certain juncture in time. Well, and not, not only that, but Alex Jones still has a very lively audience. and Yeah, like he needs to be replaced. I mean, dude, do you find it interesting that even though Joe Rogan made the move to Spotify, 
lost a good portion of his audience. He's in the mainstream media more than ever these days. Well, I mean, he's just got the reach. But they're, they're afraid of him. They're afraid of the influence he has on people. And, I mean, we didn't watch that entire uh, TYT video, but they go as far as to say that Joe Rogan has no, no <coughs> left-wing viewers left. Everybody's alt-right conservatives who, who watches or listens to him. Okay. Even though plenty of people only just watch the interviews that they want to watch and they don't watch. That's me now. Yeah. I, I used to, he used to be on my radar a lot more. Now I just hear about him when shit like this happens. Or if Tim Dillon goes on, I'll always watch that. His episodes are just so damn long. And he starts talking about freaking UFC fights and it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> that was always an issue though. <laughs> that was. I don't know what else to say about that one. I just think that it's quite comical how far the TYT has dropped. And I mean, dude, they're sucking Biden's dick. Even the dude with the dreads was like, did you see my man's arm? He's like, like that's your man. He told you you're not black unless you vote for him. I, I mean, I guess he's got your dick in a jar. <sighs> the division, man, it's unreal that everybody's creating on every side. I think that's probably that's part of the reason that I don't like social media so much is it because it helps create that division so easily. But don't you think at this point it's uh, just with the internet in general and the reach that people have, everybody's got a voice now. Do you think if Twitter disappeared tomorrow, people would stop this this mayhem? No. It does make it easier, of course. Yeah. I do think that Bill Maher, we gave him some shit last time. I mean, he did have some good things to say, but... I just dug this up this morning when you were on your way. I think it's a couple minutes long. I think it's worth taking a look at. Yeah. I like that Bill's getting to the point where his fucking libtard audience is starting to like, well, it's always kind of been this way, but they're like cheering in opposition of him. And I'll show you an example, but I think this video I'm about to pull up is older than the Jimmy Kimmel one that we looked at in our okay. last takes on the Mockingbird. But this one... Is from August 20th. You know, because like now they want us to do all boost these boosters. We were talking about with Andrew. I mean, I don't want a booster. I Look, I never wanted the vaccine. I took one for the team. <laughs> but a boost, but every eight months you're going to put this shit in me? I don't know about that. Maybe I don't need one. I don't want a one size fits all. My body may be different than your body. Yeah, I lost you, man. That's, that's, that's crazy. And look, My body is, isn't different. Everybody's no, body isn't no, somewhat different. Not, I just read the statistics not, about who dies from this. You're, you're trying to be cute and you're rolling I'm the dice. I'm not trying to be it's, cute. It's, it's, no, I know I'm in your house. I don't want to step <laughs> over the line here. But, but genuinely, genuinely, people's lives are on the line. And, just, and exactly. just as significantly, just as significantly, our very way of life is on the line here. It's right. very important that people get vaccinated. It's right. very important that we express trust in our institutions. Right, yeah, I'm saying uh, get vaccinated. But if, there, if there's a need for boosters, particularly, particularly absolutely, as the, as the evidence is showing amongst those who have underlying conditions, uh, amongst the, the elderly, so on and so forth, it's important that they take them and it's important that they trust those who are urging them to okay. do it. Okay, but you just said underlying conditions and elderly. Mm -hmm. I don't count myself either. So is my body different? Well, can I make? Could I have some medical autonomy? No. Look, you you absolutely. No one is mandating it for you in your particular position. 
although they might. But I do think that it's very dangerous to enter into a conversation here about personal responsibility, when the truth of the matter is, is that this is a matter of collective responsibility. If large groups of people do not get vaccinated, they go to the hospital, and our right. hospitals get overrun. That's why and I then use, you can't get a mammogram, you can't get a biopsy, and so many other things. Literally, society as we know it can't function. That's, so this is important that people yeah. are urged to get vaccinated. It's important that they do get vaccinated. That's why I use... That's why I said the team. Oh, well, we're proud to have you. Because I did it for the we're, team. We're, we're, when you work, I want, I'm curious. And then I got it. Thank God. <laughs> you know, Thank God. Just to button this up, you talk about the military. When Before we had a vaccine, the, it went through a whole ship, the USS Theodore Roosevelt. Sure. 4,000 sailors. I don't think they all got it, but about half the ship yeah. got it. Absolutely. There was one death. Now, one is too many, but... To the point about we're all different, healthy, millennial people, they didn't die from it. Yeah. Everybody should get the vaccine. We're not arguing with that. Absolutely. But nuance is important even when we're talking about What a contradiction. It has, it has unnecessarily become taboo to agree with what you just said. And that's wrong. That's totally this wrong. guy, man, he no cannot rule. find how he feels in this whole fucking interview. He's all over the place. Mm-hmm. So Max Rose, do you know who that is? Uh-oh. I'm kind of curious because what a fucktard, but... Man, at first he's just hammering him, then he's like, it's unnecessarily taboo, and that's unfortunate. Like, yeah, man. I was really confused what, where he was going. He's like, how do I feel? I don't know. Tell me. Oh, interesting. Let's make sure this is the same guy, but... Military, look op- at his, look military at his... officer? Will they have a picture? Yeah, it's him. Oh, wow. And he served as a United States congressman for New York. Two-year two term. 21. And he served as senior advisor to the U.S. Secret S- Secretary of Defense. Uh, so he was with the as he was a senior advisor to the, the United States Secretary of Defense for COVID-19 in, from January to July 2021. Sir, God bless you for uh, serving this country, but you're a fucking idiot. I mean, sorry. Well, I mean, he clearly was... He was a senior advisor for... Secretary of Defense, so he's very much in that. He's from Brooklyn, New York. I'll look that. And he's Jewish. Oh, I'm going to start talking shit. I'm going to stop talking shit about him. They even say his political or his uh, political leaning up there. Where? Uh, Scroll up a little bit higher. Go up. Yep, right there. Oh, he's Democratic. I would have never guessed. Oh yeah, I didn't see that coming either. I mean, dude. This motherfucker's 34 years old. Oh, wait. Scroll down. He has a position on gun control. Where is it? Uh, If you go up, you'll be able to hyperlink it right there. Political positions. Assault rifle ban. Assault rifle ban. So does this guy not know what an assault rifle is? Well, I mean, he fucking better. He led a platoon in (laughs) Afghanistan, according to Uh, Wikipedia. That's Bill Maher, you know? I... I, uh, I, once again, it's kind of like that Jimmy Kimmel clip that we played last time we did one of these. He's like walking the line. I'm like, I don't want to offend too many people. Like in that same breath at the end of that little clip we just played, he's going, what did he say exactly? I don't think that 
I should have to get a booster, but everybody should get vaccinated. They're telling you that these vaccines last six to eight months right now. Yeah. So I think seven was the latest, latest number I saw. I think for the news end of things that we're going to be reporting on today, that's about it. But Jeremiah wants to finish off with a little tidbit on positivity, maybe, or optimism. Yeah. So I want to, you know, I know that every every time you guys listen to this podcast, you might get a little down or you might go... Oh my God, what is going on in the world? I have no control of the evil that's going on in the world and what am I going to do about it? And I just had a conversation with my brother last night and that was the exact sentiment he shared with me. Like, what the fuck do we do? I know, so the, it's hard. I understand that. I totally agree. Sometimes it's very hard for you, for us to be able to feel like there's anything that we can do because it just seems like, you know, uh, that there are such large powers at control that are taking over or however you want to put it. Um, And I want to encourage you to take control over your mind and your body and your soul if you want to go that far. Um, I think we might as well go that far. I think so. You know, I mean, you... If you, if you spend any amount of time with yourself long enough, you'll realize that you're more than just your thoughts and more than just your body. Or, you know, take a dab of acid or some psilocybin. <laughs> whatever, no! Whatever gets you there, right? Not acid. It's MK Ultra. Okay, you're right. You're right. Fuck acid. Uh, uh, a mushroom, sure. Take a mushroom or, uh, or I mean, even... Uh, fast. Take a go, fast. Oh, yeah, definitely. Do a little water fast. Consult for, your doctor first. Yeah. But do a water fast or a juice fast for a couple days. Whew, you will find that you have some own demons, your own demons to work out. Uh, do some meditation. You know, just like you, you need to remember that your body is a vessel and it's a very sacred space for you to reside in. And we need to take care of that, both from a physical standpoint and from a, a mental, spiritual standpoint. And so something I want to to share with you is this exercise from this gentleman named Neville Goodard. And uh, he's he's since uh, moved on to another realm. Um, but he... Uh, that means he's dead. Yeah, he, he's, he's no longer in the physical sense. Um, but he shared a lot with uh, how to take control over your life. And, uh, you know, he was kind of the secret before the secret. Um because the secret's kind of a little bit of bullshit. Well, it's like one-tenth of a ten-step program. Yeah, and it's it's very much like a, the clickbaity version of it, and like not all of it's there. This guy, he gave a lot of talks, and something that he is kind of known for is this exercise called the ladder exercise. And he was very much about tuning into your subconscious mind and kind of programming your subconscious mind before you uh, go to bed at night is the most powerful time. So I want to encourage you to, when you go to bed, give yourself an hour of not listening to this podcast, of not taking in the news, get off social media, get off your phone. Can they listen to other podcasts or just not ours? No no podcasts, (laughs) nothing. Go inward with yourself and, uh, and spend time with what you want to bring into your own reality because that's what's most powerful. And, and I want, I'm challenging you, the listener out there, to try this experiment, this ladder experiment, and, and just see for yourself and decide whether or not this is true for you or not. Okay, so um, it's, it's just a couple-minute video here that I want to share with you 
that will help you decide whether or not you want to take it on. And uh, without further ado, let's let's listen to this experiment so that somebody can tell us how to how to do this, because I'm sure I will screw up the instructions. Neville gave the climbing a ladder exercise to his students to imagine for three nights climbing up and down a ladder until one fell asleep. And just as important, during the day, they were to have written down the words, I will not climb a ladder, and have these written words placed wherever one would regularly see them during the day. And when you would see these words, you would really mean it, that you will not climb a ladder. After three days, you let it go, and at the end of the week, if you climbed a ladder, you were welcome back to Neville's next lecture, which ended up being a much smaller group. Neville told those who came back the following week, according to his student, E.O. Locker. Now you all climbed the ladder, and you could have just as easily made a million bucks in cash as you did in climbing the ladder. I'm going to teach you how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Paraphrasing Locker's words. For three nights, you imagine climbing a ladder to sleep. You sleep in a position you don't normally sleep in. Like if you normally sleep on your left side, then you sleep on your right side for these three nights. Or if you don't normally sleep on your back, then you sleep on your back. So when you go to bed in an unfamiliar position, you're less likely to just go right off to sleep as you normally would. Instead, in your imagination, in first person, as though you were actually climbing a ladder here and now, and you keep repeating climbing up and down a ladder until you fall asleep. Close your eyes and picture a ladder in front of you. Take your imaginary left hand and reach out, and take hold of the left side of the ladder with your imaginary left hand. And then, with your imaginary right hand, reach out and take hold of the right side of the ladder. Now with your imaginary left foot, lift it up and put it on the first rung. Now push yourself up and start climbing the ladder. When you get to the top of the ladder, climb back down, then climb back up, and then climb back down again. When you wake up in the morning, you must write several notes saying, I will not climb a ladder, and mean it with all of your heart. When you write it and see it, back in Neville's day, he had his students write the words, I will not climb a ladder, and put the note in their wallet where they'd see it throughout the day when they take their wallet out, or to put it on the mirror so every morning when one grooms him or herself, he would see this note. In modern day, people have had success in creating a picture with the words, I will not climb a ladder, and using it on their cell phone lock screen as well as wallpaper. And it can also be saved on your laptop and or your PC as a screensaver and wallpaper. Mm. Neville stressed that it was important to not only imagine climbing a ladder in the imagination to sleep, but also writing the words, I will not climb a ladder, and placing the notes in places where you will see them throughout the day. He stressed that you must do both of these things or nothing that is being taught will work. And then after three days, you drop it. Some climb the ladder soon or within the week 
or sometimes it happens later. And there are some cases where people said they did not climb a ladder. In the cases of those who did not climb the ladder, you can repeat the exercise another three days. Or you can go beyond three days until you do climb the ladder. Or you can also try it for something more simpler. But once you succeed in climbing your ladder, the ladder is just a placeholder for whatever it is you want in life. The ladder of health, wealth, happiness, love, wisdom, whatever it is you want. Climbing a ladder seems such an ordinary, arbitrary task. We must learn to look at all of our goals in this way. Climbing a ladder is just a placeholder for any of our heartfelt desires in life. This exercise showed how, on one hand, the power of imagining into sleep, vividly imagining, can triumph over a whole day of thinking of the opposite, that one will not climb a ladder and meaning it. And on the other hand, feeling the opposite, that one will not climb a ladder, may have also removed any resistance that could have delayed the desired outcome. Another thing this exercise can teach you is to go general with a simple desire versus conditioning it and creating possible further resistance. Since we aren't attached to climbing a ladder, we aren't going to ask endless questions about the details of the ladder or how it's going to come about. If you do not climb the ladder within a week, do not beat yourself up about it, as we live in a time where there are more distractions and people's skills to imagine, especially vividly, have atrophied. Just like a pianist must practice playing piano regularly to build the discipline and one-pointed yet relaxed focus to perfect his or her skill, so must we with the art of imagining. If you are having trouble imagining, a good tip from poster Anonymous Coward from the Godlike Productions Forum posted. The best exercise Neville taught is at the end of your day, start remembering every little thing that took place in your day. How did you get in bed? Did you brush your teeth? Pet the dog? What did you last eat? How did it smell or taste? Did you have a conversation before bed? What did you think about in your day that you did not complete? and stay on task. Encouraging focus is the most important thing. Don't get discouraged, get right back on, refocus. I tell you, if you stick with this, no matter how long it takes to get good, your life is going to change in ways you aren't capable of imagining yet. This would also be a fantastic time to revise any vexations that may have occurred during your day. Instead, repeat several times until it takes on the tones of reality, what you want to have seen or heard instead. In Neville's words from his Lesson 1, Consciousness is the Only Reality Lecture, the difference will be appreciated if you will now visualize yourself climbing a ladder. Then with eyelids closed, imagine that a ladder is right in front of you and feel yourself actually climbing it. Experience has taught me to restrict the imaginary actions which implies fulfillment of your desire, to condense the idea into a single act and to reenact it over and over again until it has the feeling of reality. Locker went on to use the exercise to get within two months' time $25,000. So what I do want to mention in there is that if you are having a hard time visualizing this, because 
some people can have a hard time and I know I've, I'm one of those at times where I can have a difficult a difficulty to actually close my eyes and see something, visualize something, imagine something. What helps is if you think of a memory of you climbing the ladder and if you're able to imprint that into your vision. And sometimes it's not even like you see it, but you can like remember it and you can feel, remember, you can kind of tap into a different, different aspects of that memory of climbing a ladder. I noticed that that's really powerful for that, getting that feeling and that visualization in there. Um, but I did this exercise and sure as shit, and within a week I was climbing on a goddamn ladder. I'm confused about that. Which part? Like, why are they saying to not climb a ladder? Okay, so, so this is the powerful part, I think. This is the most powerful part and why I want to bring it up is because throughout the day, you are saying that you will not climb a ladder. So you're saying that I'm not going to do this. You're basically saying like what you will not do. But at night, what's more powerful is the visualization right before you go to bed when that you're tapping into that subconscious mind. So the idea is that you are basically taking the conscious mind and transmuting that into the subconscious mind with the exercise before bed. And that is more powerful than all the visual cues that you say, I will not climb a ladder. Oh, I see. So what if you're like a construction worker or something? <laughs> then you might want to try something different. I was going to say, so this is interchangeable for, you could do this with anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So talk about, yeah, I cut you off there just because I was kind of confused about the, the the contradicting message you're giving yourself. But so you at the job where you climbed the ladder, yeah, that's not something that you often did. No, it's pretty rare because it was kind of funny. Because actually, what happened? This is the weird part to think about is that typically there was just a stool that I would climb on. It was like a chair that I would climb on. Yeah, OSHA approved, whatever. Um, and it was a chair that I would climb on and get these like labels to print. But uh, the week that I did was doing this exercise, the chair was gone. And instead, they just had the ladder in there. I didn't even think about it. I just was like, well, I need to get these things up there, grab the ladder, start climbing up it. So and you I'm like, felt yourself doing it. Yeah, I was like three rungs up and I was like, God damn, I'm going to climb on a ladder right now. And then I just thought to myself, okay, let's take this seriously. And, uh, it was shortly after that that I started writing my goals down every day, twice a day, and uh, just magical things have been happening. Uh, and uh, I, I do want to bring up my, my little tidbit of my, my crystal here that I carry around with me. Is that the famous crystal? This is the, the crystal that... Is, is this the one you talked about in the first episode? I don't think it's the one that got me uh, TSA checked. Did I talk about that? I don't think I did. My dad said I need to bring that one up. I have not heard that story. Oh, man. Uh, I've had a few different crystals. This is not the one that I lost all the time, my memory crystal, but I was carrying this one with the memory crystal. This is the one that's actually stayed with me for a long period of time. I carry it with me at times when I feel I need some extra power or however you want to feel it. Um, but I had a, 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 a rock that was a, a round orb crystal. It was supposed to be good for dreams. I can't remember the kind of crystal it is. I still have it, um, but it was this orb almost. And I had it in my my suitcase when we were up in Alaska. I brought it with me on a vacation to uh, Alaska. And on our way back, uh, it was in my carry-on. And uh, it 
got the attention of the guy who was scanning the bags. Like he could see it in there? He could see like some weird looking round. I don't know if he thought it looked like a little bomb or something. I don't know. So they were like, do you have any... I can't remember what they were asking. And I was like, no. And they, you know, they were sticking the stick down my bag to like see it. And I was like, oh, I do have my crystal in there. And the dude just looked and was like... Crystal? Crystal? Like crystal amphetamine? And I was like, oh yeah, it's my rock. It's my dream rock. It's my secret ladder. And uh, I pull it out and I'm like, yeah, see, it's a rock. It's my dream rock. It helps me dream. Did he try to scrape some off? No, I think he was just like, okay, crazy. Where was this? In Alaska. Anchorage. Anchorage But it's funny because I got, I flew out of Medford, no problem. But flying out of Alaska, they were like, what the hell is this thing? So this exercise here, I I do encourage you to try it. And this is going to be kind of the first of many that I will bring you. Um, I do want to dive down to some other uh, hypnotist, subconscious, alpha brain, kind of trying to show you the potential that our human mind has and uh, encourage you to take control of yourself because I think that's kind of the problem that's going on is right now they're saying, oh, you need to do this for the collective. You need to take one for the team. This is about the collective health. And no, no, it does not work like that. If you are on an airplane and the plane starts going down, what do they tell you to do? Put your own damn oxygen mask on first. And I highly encourage you to do that with your physical, mental, spiritual well-being because you can't fix the goddamn world if you're all fucked up. That's all about, about all I got to say about that today. I don't like imagining ladders when I'm in bed. <laughs> what if you fall? <laughs> what happens then? I mean, the mind it could be a short ladder. You don't mind is a, a powerful thing. I mean, look at this motherfucker. I know, that's a huge ladder. I don't like the looks of that. Scaffolding like three high. Yeah, I mean, this is an extension ladder with three sections at least that you can see here. Yeah. I mean, it's like three stories. I climb ladders all the time. So I'm going to have to picture something different. I don't know what. Something I really don't want to do at work. I have to be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Maybe you should picture something that you want to happen. But then say I won't do it. Yeah, but then you visualize doing it. I'm not going to even say what I was just picturing. I know. I had a feeling. I'm getting better, man. <laughs> I'm going to lose our uh, more noble audience members or listeners. Well, uh, be sure to leave us a comment down below if you made it all the way through this video. Uh, let us know what you think about everything. Uh, I encourage you to do the exercise and get back to us. Um, and, you know, stay stay mentally strong out there and take care of yourself eat good food i think it really i think that is really a big piece of feeling like you're in control is being healthy because that can have a huge aspect over how confident you feel in moving through the world is how good you feel inside your body bill gates says eat your vegetables kids mrna Grow your own food. Get sprouting. I don't know. Start sprouting some seeds. Those are good things to have during the apocalypse. Until next time, my friends. Thank you, O. We love you. 
Stay safe out there in the words of the, the great Kate. Peace. Jeremiah says live dangerously. Thank you.